Views and opinions expressed on this program are those solely of its speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of WMUA, its management board, or the board of trustees of the University of Massachusetts. This is Unbeaten. Thanks for tuning in. Great to have you listening. Live from Amherst, Massachusetts, in the basement of the Murray D. Lincoln Campus Center, broadcasting on WMUA 91.1 FM and online streaming. Today is Thursday, April 5th. We have a great topic today, so let's get things started. All right, so a little bit of breaking news. I'm pre-recording this show on Tuesday night. It's around 6 o'clock, and... The trade just broke that the Patriots will be trading Brandon Cooks away. Uh, He will be traded for a fourth. Him and a fourth round pick will be going to the Rams for the 23rd overall pick in the 2018 NFL Draft. Um, So the Patriots will now have two first round picks. I think it's safe to say that they're probably gunning for a quarterback first round. Maybe that's, I don't know, it's just speculation. Uh, they've, you know, they, all, they love taking defensive players in the first round for their first round pick. Uh, last year, uh, didn't have a first round pick. So this year, uh, it's, it should be really interesting to see you know, now that they have two, who they'll go after. Um, yeah, so with that being said, I think we can go into some NFL mock draft uh, first round projections, the top players that are expected pretty much to uh, to go in that first round. So, Cleveland Browns will have the number one pick. Now this is a mock draft. This this is what I've done is I went online and I looked at all the different mock drafts that the major sports news sites compiled. So CBS, um, you know, like NFL.com, what they have, ESPN, um, and this is this is like the average mock draft that most people are agreeing on. So number one, Cleveland Browns have the first pick. Sam Darnold, QB out of USC. Uh, the Browns are most likely going to use their pick on another quarterback, surprisingly. Um, and Darnold seems to be fit for, I guess, their offense. There's also, I think, Mel Kuyper of ESPN had uh, he had Josh Allen at number one out of Wyoming. So... Uh, that's kind of, a, but most of the mock drafts had Sam Darnold as uh, the number one quarterback. So number two, New York Giants, Saquon Barkley, running back out of Penn State. Barkley was a star at the combine. Giants are probably going to stick with Manning, and Barkley will help extend his career. So they will not uh, go after a quarterback. They'll draft most likely Saquon Barkley uh, with the second overall pick. New York Jets coming at the three spot. Josh Rosen, 
out of UCLA, the quarterback. The Jets are going to, you know, try to break their streak of, you know, just being a subpar team. Rosen, uh, you know, they're they're trying to, you know, draft another quarterback that they can build their program around. Clearly in a very much uh, rebuilding stage. The Browns will have the fourth pick as well via Houston. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, the defensive back from out of Alabama. Uh, so they, they're going to use that first round on a quarterback. And then next, they're probably going to just grab the best defensive player on the board, uh, Minka Fitzpatrick. So Fitzpatrick is a very um, methodical very smart defensive back, so uh, he's he's the best in his class, uh, best defensive player in his class. So the Cleveland Browns looking at acquiring some superstars, some soon to be superstars. Denver Broncos at number five. This is where Josh Allen comes into play. Uh, his his stock is sort of questionable at the moment. Some people are not sure exactly where he's going to go. But uh, with what I came up with, Josh Allen will be at number five. Uh, Wyoming quarterback. Basically, he is bigger and stronger, or at least appears that way, than most quarterbacks. He's got really big hands. um, And he had a strong performance in the Senior Bowl. So... With that being said, he'll most likely go top five, but I think people are just a little unsure of where exactly uh, he'll land. Number six, the Indianapolis Colts, Bradley Chubb, defensive end out of NC State, while Minka Fitzpatrick is probably the the more well-rounded option. Uh, This uh, defensive end is... Most likely the second best option. So Colts probably going to go with uh, Chubb. Number seven, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Quentin Nelson, guard out of Notre Dame. First guard to be taken in the draft. Uh, Notre Dame is pretty much known for sort of grooming offensive linemen. And the Buccaneers certainly could use some help on their offensive line. So Nelson will definitely help there. Chicago Bears, Denzel Ward, cornerback out of Ohio State. Uh, they Bears need help on secondary, so that's a no-brainer. Number nine, San Francisco 49ers, uh, Tremaine Edmonds, linebacker out of Virginia Tech. He is the best linebacker in his uh, class, and they are looking for versatility uh, with their linebackers in the middle of the defense. So Edmonds will definitely be able to provide that for them. Oakland Raiders, Roquan Smith, linebacker out of Georgia. There is sort of a Luke keekley like presence to him. Uh, they say that he gets off the ball really quickly. Uh, the Miami Dolphins at the 11 pick, most likely going to go with Baker Mayfield, quarterback out of Oklahoma. Uh, Mayfield drew a lot of media attention, media attention uh, last fall or this past fall, I should say, and the Dolphins are going to need a quarterback seeing as they've struggled in that area for the past some years. Um, Buffalo Bills at the 12 spot. Mike McGlinchey, um, tackle out of Notre Dame. Again, we're seeing 
those uh, offensive linemen come out of Notre Dame uh, that are going to go pretty early in the first round or towards the beginning. Uh, number 13, Washington Redskins, Derwin James, defensive back out of FSU. Uh, Redskins, again, sort of like the uh, Bears, need help in their secondary. So uh, hopefully James will be able to achieve that for them. Green Bay Packers, Josh Jackson, cornerback, Iowa. A lot of cornerbacks already being taken. Uh, very popular position in early in the first half of the first round of this draft. Um, secondary, again, the Packers need help there. Uh, they've lost some key defensive uh, secondary players over the past couple of years. So Josh Jackson most likely going to fill in for them. Arizona Cardinals at the 15 spot. We're midway through the uh, almost midway through the first round. Uh, that'll be next pick. Connor Williams, tackle out of Texas. They're going to need uh, some big help up on the line, so Connor Williams will be able to provide that. Now we're halfway at the 16 spot. Baltimore Ravens, Calvin Ridley, wide receiver, Alabama, drew a lot of media attention, um, and they could do they could do a lot worse. Calvin Ridley, very talented, uh, quick. So I believe that's one of the fur that might be the first wide receiver taken in the draft unless I missed somebody um, next will be the Los Angeles Chargers Deron Payne defensive tackle out of Alabama this is probably the third Alabama player that's going to be taken in the first round no surprise there as they were very dominant uh, over the course of the season they sort of dipped in production towards the end of the regular season but nevertheless uh, made up for that later on um, and then you have the Seattle Seahawks at the 18 spot. Marcus Davenport, defensive tackle um, out of UTSA. So that'll be probably the seventh, around the seventh defensive end picked. And so that's a very popular position, like I've been saying. At the 19 spot, Dallas Cowboys. Cortland Sutton from out of SMU, wide receiver. Second wide receiver, I believe, to be taken. Uh, the Cowboys will look for somebody to compliment Des Bryant in a few years. Uh, hopefully, he'll uh, be able to mentor Sutton a little bit. At the 20 spot, Detroit Lions, Darice Geese, Geese, LSU running back is a big need uh, for the Lions. They need to take some pressure off of Matt Stafford's throwing arm uh, because they are a very pass-heavy offense. They need to start... Uh, I guess running the ball more and they, you know, I think Darius or Darius will be able to really help them uh, accomplish that at the 21 spot, the Cincinnati Bengals, Leighton Vander is most likely going to go for them. Uh, he's out of Boise state uh, linebacker. The 22 spot will go to the Buffalo bills via Kansas city Vita via the defensive tackle out of Washington the Bills traded uh, Marcel Darius last October, and this is the pick that they will get to, or no, excuse me, this is what they're looking to fill the void with. So the, the 23rd spot is sort of the spot of the week or the, the main headline of this past week. Uh, it was announced Tuesday that the Patriots will now get the 23rd spot via the Los Angeles Rams 
as they have traded Brandon Cooks and a fourth round pick. So at that spot, it's a tackle, Colton Miller, out of UCLA. But now uh, it's going to be the Patriots pick. And seeing as the Patriots might not necessarily want to draft a tackle out of the first round, that's probably going to change. So the Patriots will go uh, from that. We'll take that spot at 23. And then at 24, the Panthers will follow. Most likely going for Christian Kirk, wide receiver out of Texas A&M. They're going to need wide receiver help. Um, Tennessee Titans drafting Harold Landry out of Boston College. Uh, the BC player will really be able to help uh, the pass rush, the out, uh, outside pass rush. And now Mike Vrabel, former Patriot, now Tennessee Titans head coach, will hopefully be able to coach him up and make him into a pretty good player. 26, Atlanta Falcons, Isaiah Wynn, guard out of Georgia. Wynn has had a great senior season with Georgia, and he's going to look to follow that up with the Falcons. 27, New Orleans Saints, Arden Key, defensive end and outside linebacker for LSU. At the 28 spot, Pittsburgh Steelers look to take Rashard Evans, linebacker out of Alabama, another Alabama player going in the first round. They're probably going to have the most... Uh, players picked out of the first round. And then at 29, the Jacksonville Jaguars will get Lamar Jackson, uh, QB out of Louisville. And Blake Bortles, we know, isn't going to be the long-term option for Jacksonville. So Lamar Jackson, another player that drew a ton of media attention, somehow falling to the late uh, or the, the, the late half of the first round but very quick very athletic um 30 will go to the minnesota vikings billy price uh guard and center from out of ohio state and he will help out the minnesota vikings at 31 the new england patriots uh super bowl runner-ups 31 spot the other first round pick they'll now have Sam Hubbard, defensive end, offensive linebacker out of Ohio State. We know that Bill Belichick loves to go after the defensive players in the first round and uh, sort of has been known to pick Ohio State players before. So this is seems very likely that they'll go after their guy. And then the number 32 pick, the Philadelphia Eagles, the Super Bowl champions, the last pick in the first round will most likely go with Braden Smith, guard out of Auburn, fresh off of winning the Super Bowl. Uh, they're not really going to have to look to add anything else, but if you're going to add somebody, might as well add this guy. Uh, he had a lot of uh, key key blocks for Auburn last college football season. And that just about wraps up the first round. So don't go anywhere. We're going to go to commercial break. When we come back, we will discuss some UMass athletics. This is Unbeaten on WMUA 91.1 FM. This is WMUA Sports. UMass Minute Women Basketball on WMUA is supported by listeners like you and by Collective Copies, a worker-owned print shop with a mission. Printing, publishing, and promotion. 11 worker owners who share over 150 years of experience in the print industry are there to help you at every step. Collective Copies in Amherst and Florence and online 24-7 at collectivecopies.com. 
Welcome back to Unbeaten, second half of the show. As you know, this is where we talk about UMass athletics, as this is a radio sports radio show on the campus of UMass Amherst. So obviously we're going to have to cover some uh, UMass athletics. Uh, just, some, just some things to bring up before we dive into some headlines. I think last show we sort of speculated because it wasn't 100% locked down yet. We didn't know whether Cal McCarr would be returning to play hockey for UMass next season, but I believe he has officially confirmed that he will be returning next year. So if there was any speculation last show, it's official now. Kale McCarr will be returning, and there's. it seems that there would be no reason for Ferrero and the rest of the crew to... Uh, the, the the rest of the younger guys to stick around as well um, because, you know, it seems like Makar uh, now sort of anchors this team and with him staying, uh, I think that makes a lot of the younger guys comfortable about staying next year as well, especially with uh, all the improvement they had last season. And then also um, the spring football game, that's coming up fairly soon. I think that'll be in like a little less than two weeks, like a week and a half, or not even, a week pretty much. Uh, I think it's Friday the 13th, so it'll be uh, it'll be crucial that fans get out to that and show some support. Uh, I know most of the students will probably, uh, probably be at the tailgate, that's safe to say. Um, and then UMass Women's Lacrosse, I was at that game, uh, I believe it was Saturday. So that game was... Saturday afternoon, the defense looked really, really good. Uh, they played, played pretty much played their hearts out. They only let up four goals. They shut, they shut out um, Davidson in the first half. Completely shut them out, like eight nothing. Uh, so Lauren Hiller was fantastic in goal. Uh, Casey Keene sort of led the defensive charge, but usually. A team that's overshadowed by offensive dominance. You know, you got Turner and the rest of her attack attackmen just constantly dominating the headlines. Uh, Hannah Burnett. Um, and now even Hannah Palu's starting to step up and score a lot of goals for the Minute Women. Um, but yeah, it was good to see that the defense sort of got their got their own headline in this game against Davidson. I think tomorrow they will play St. Bonaventures, which is actually winless uh, so far on the season. The Minute Women, I think, lost a few um, or a couple non-conference games, which was a little surprising. But, you know, they, they still haven't lost an A-10 game. They haven't lost an A-10 game in like nine years. So that streak uh, continues. But now we can, I think, move into some scrolling headlines. So the first one is UMass baseball. Uh, late UMass comeback falls short against St. Bonaventure, 7-5. to So the baseball team uh, not able to come away with the win. The loss went to Kevin Hassett, who's now 0-3 on the season. 
But um, Ryan Lever had two hits, two runs. Nolan uh, Kessinger had four at-bats, two hits, and two RBIs. So not a uh, not a terrible performance, only losing by two runs. The Minutemen are now two and four in the A-10, but they still have uh, overall record above 500. They're nine and eight on the season, um, which is surprising. They actually lost because St. Bonnie's is six and 14 overall, two and four in the Atlantic 10. So while they may have the same Atlantic 10 record now. UMass with a significantly better overall record. Uh, moving on to the next headline, I believe it's men's lacrosse. Massachusetts rallies for 11-10 win at Drexel. So it looks like they sort of had a come-behind game-winning type goal. Uh, Devin Spencer, three goals, um, and caused turnover, ground ball as well. Uh, Charlie O'Brien, a goal. Ben Spencer, a goal. Chris Connolly, a goal, three ground balls. So 11 to 10 seems like uh, they had a pretty uh, notable game as also Greg Canella earned his 200th uh, head coaching victory. So very cool for him. Moving on to the next headline. It looks like it is softball. They're going to host Albany and St. Joseph's. Um, UMass will play host to UAlbany on Thursday today at 2.30 p.m., so in just a couple hours, before a three-game series with the Hawks this weekend. I believe this weekend against the Hawks, one of the games is a doubleheader. I think I'll be there calling, uh, calling the game, doing the broadcast part of the radio station. Uh, so UMass will uh, play four games at home this week. They'll host U Albany, um, and then and at late Atlantic Ten opponent St. Joseph's. All of those taking place at Sortino. Minute Women seventeen and ten overall this season so far. They're six and ten, six and zero, oh, excuse me, in the A ten. So undefeated in A ten play conference play. They're going to wrap up uh, a homestead pretty soon. I think last show we mentioned that they were runners, runner-ups uh, to, I forget, but they were run, they were A-10 runner-ups uh, last season. So they're looking pretty strong right now. Uh, looks like if this trend continues, they'll have another great shot at making a deep run, potentially even winning the A-10 this year. Jenna Koza, I know, and Hannah Bunker have been dominant forces as well as the freshman sensation, Kiara Oliver, also pitching really well. Um, also, and Hannah Bunker, I believe, is a freshman too. The 2018 uh, UMass football season tickets will go on sale, um, I believe it's today. They either started today or yesterday. So, sort of a little plug for UMass uh, athletics here, but... Tickets are going to go on sale. We have the home games um, available. So for next season, uh, the first game will be against Duquesne. That'll be August 25th, before most people even get to campus. But that'll be Youth Day, and every game will sort of have a theme to it. 
Then uh, UMass will travel. We'll have a three-game away uh, road trip starting on September 1st uh, at Boston College. That will be a very cool game. Uh, UMass playing BC. Anytime that goes down or they play, you know, an AC, uh, not a formidable ACC team, but a decent ACC uh, football team, that'll be cool. Uh, sort of some interstate uh, matchup. You could call it maybe a rivalry. Uh, anyway, then they will travel to Georgia Southern the next week, and then they will go down to FIU and play in Miami. Then they will return to Charlotte for the class. I mean, excuse me, Charlotte will travel to Amherst for the class of 22 game, class of 2022 game, uh, faculty and staff appreciation night. Um, and then they will travel to Ohio on September the 29th, then returning back to Amherst for two games, the first one against USF, uh, University of Southern Florida. That'll be the Hall of Fame uh, induction ceremony as well as International Students Day, so they'll be recognized. Next, The week after that will be Coastal Carolina. Uh, I believe they, they, they might have played uh, Coastal Carolina last year as well. Uh, but that'll be family weekend, uh, and that game also being in Amherst. Then they will travel on October 7th to Yukon in East Hartford, Connecticut, which is pretty cool because they get to play BC and they're going to get to play uh, Yukon. So definitely some, you know, inter-New England-type matchups uh, that will probably, you know, draw a decent amount of ticket sales. November 3rd uh, will be at home. That'll be homecoming uh, against Liberty. And then the week after that, also home, November 10th. That'll be band day, but that one will not be played here in Amherst at McGurk. That game will be played in Foxborough, Mass. at Gillette Stadium. Uh, again, band day at Gillette Stadium. So they'll probably have buses and uh, all that, all the good stuff. Um, for the UMass students, I don't, and then and then they'll finish off the season at Georgia, which will be an incredibly tough game <laughs> going up against the Georgia Bulldogs. But um, yeah, yeah, that's the last game of the season. Uh, and I don't think we played at Foxborough last season. We did play at Fenway Park as part of the Gridiron Series. That was the closest we got to like a professional stadium. But you know. A few years ago, the minute women, uh, the minute men would always play at uh, Gillette Stadium because they were renovating McGurk. Uh, so for a while, they didn't have they didn't play in Amherst. They would play a lot of their games at Gillette Stadium, and then they sort of transitioned into okay, we'll play half our games at Gillette and half our games at McGurk. Last season, every home game was at McGurk. Now one game in Foxborough. So. Slowly transitioning away from playing at Gillette Stadium, but nevertheless, it's not like we filled it up uh, that well anyway, sadly. But um, that's pretty much everything we have today on the show. Just to go over some stuff, if you don't already know, uh, you can follow us on Twitter at Unbeaten Show. That's U N B E A 
T-O-N show on Twitter. And there, that is where we post the links to listen to the show on iTunes, which goes, which can download to your phone automatically through the Apple Podcasts app. I uh, could probably also get the show on Google Play as well, but that's where you can also send in comments or uh, on the Twitter, that is, where you can send in comments and uh, connect with me or sometimes I'll put polls out there so you can respond to those. Um, with that being said, uh, if you listen to us on the Apple Podcast app or on iTunes, pretty much the same thing, uh, rate Subscribe, leave a review, and tell a friend, pretty much. Thank you, everybody, for listening in to another great week. Uh, we will catch you here, catch you back here next Thursday. Have a great day, everybody.